Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But, you know, the basic bumps. There's the intro. No, I don't, man. Welcome to episode 230 of 20 Minute Tims. I am joined by Stephen. Glad to be here, Jamie. Another joyous occasion in which to spend another positive hour with your favourite Celtic podcasters. And Melee. Yes. And I am your host, Jamie. And we are into our sixth year of uh, recording this podcast. We've never missed a podcast after a Celtic game. Can you believe that? Cannot. It seems like we've been going for a hundred years, but believe it or not, we are now into our sixth year of podcasting, and that's that's no mean feat. I know we make it sound very, very difficult, and it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a lot easier than we make it sound. Is that what you're? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah. well, something like that. A couple of years ago, we started a Patreon because we love doing this podcast and we wanted to turn our passion of covering Celtic into a career and produce full-time Celtic fan coverage. If you like this podcast on a Monday, you can support us in what we do. You just head over to patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims and there's a range of options there. Starting from like 2 quid 50, you can support this podcast for 250 every month and in return, you'll get hours and hours of extra podcasts and videos. In fact, Stephen, you pointed something out to me recently. We're on episode 230 of the flagship podcast, but there are more than 230 episodes of the Patreon stuff already up. There are more than 350 episodes available on Patreon, and those are all available on sign up, uh, depending That's... on your tier, of course. Yeah, important message here is that support fan media, so even if it's not us, even if it's nothing to do with Celtic, and you, you value the output of something, help them out somehow. Yeah. Support fan media support because fan it's media. the way forward. Yes. Exactly, exactly. So, we are doing fan media, that means we are Celtic fans. And as Celtic fans, we have watched our team stumble to yet another poor result against Aberdeen. Um, it was less than great, wasn't it, Melly? Yeah, it was better than the previous two games, the Aberdeen game, but it still wasn't great. But it did give, give me the chance to be a wee bit positive that we can still turn it around. I think there's shoots of positivity in there and I'm going to find them. Right, okay, well I'm keen to hear this Stephen <laughs> Aberdeen, from my point of view, do you know how I feel right now recording this podcast Stephen, I feel like I've had a four cans of Red Bull and I've just stepped up to a punching bag and this is me biting down on the gum shield because I'm ready to let rip right now Throwing punches for your back pocket Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. uh, I mean, uh, I'm struggling to see the, the positives with it, I'm willing to hear Melly's dissertation on the Aberdeen game and whatever shoots of positivity come from it, my Overall impression about it was that it was a hot mess of a game. I think Callum McGregor described it as an entertaining game for the neutrals. And I'll bet, but I couldn't tell you if, I, if that's the case because, <laughs> because that's not what I am. Um, but that's that's the last thing you want to hear coming away from a game in which your own team played, isn't it? That was a good Aye. game for the neutrals. You don't, want to hear the guy who you don't want to hear the guy who started <laughs> off as captain of the game. Captain of the team go, that was a good game for the neutrals. Um, yeah. Like, well, you've all been moaning about how it's dire to watch, and then you get a six-goal thriller, and you're moaning. I don't. I think. I think you're arguing over semantics there, mate. I don't think we were moaning. <laughs> what I think. I don't think our moan revolved around Celtic. We're not conceding enough goals. I don't think that was the point. Um, look, the Aberdeen game saw Neil Lennon change his formation for the game again. Um, do you think, Melly, this was more down to planning for the opposition? Do you think it was down to injury? Do you think it was down to pressure for the support? Or do you think it was Neil Lennon just scrambling about trying to find a system that worked? 
Uh, I think saying scrambling about for a system that works harsh because we've seen in the second half of the Milan game that when we did change to the 4-3-3 then 4-2-3-1 that it, it got a lot better. We got ourselves back into the game and I think with getting players like Ryan Christie back and available, Tom Rogic coming in, we have the players to play 4-2-3-1 now, which we probably didn't have now. So I think it's Neil Lennon maybe seeing, look, we don't have this, it's the centre-backs right now to play 3-5-2 and the 4-2-3-1 looked good against Milan, so we gave it a shot and I think it may look better against Aberdeen, to be honest, and created more. I think the injuries and absentees obviously play a part in everything Celtic are doing just now. It would be, it'd be chillish of us to, to just completely dismiss that, although uh, I don't want to go down the route of making excuses along the lines of absentees because, to be honest, all the players that we could list that are missing just now have been present throughout the rest of the poor form this season. I don't, I don't think them coming back is automatically going to be a, a kind of miracle cure for this. Just but, before uh, you go, Stephen, I, I know it's poor form. It's more poor performances than poor form because Celtic were still true, winning, yeah. winning most of the games, but weren't playing well within some of those. Well, most of them, but we have been getting the wins. It's just within the last week we've had the three poor poor results that uh, result in the poor form, of course. That, yeah, that's that's true. That's probably the wrong word of use there. The poor performances that have led up to this uh, situation we find ourselves in. But the, the formation, I was perfectly happy with it against Aberdeen. I, when we recorded, or rather broadcast, our live preview show that we do on Patreon before the games, 45 minutes before kickoff, I told, I think the word uh, I used was, I was delighted about it. Not purely because of the lineup itself, although I, I really like the look of that as well, but because a lot of the questions I've had about Celtic very recently were that can they make the right decisions? Can they make the big decisions to try and benefit them, to try and dig themselves out of a hole, to try and change this kind of malaise, this kind of lethargy that has sunk over the, the club recently? But they did that. They made big decisions. They changed the formation. They dropped a mainstay in Scott Brown. And I, I was perfectly happy with that. I, what that said to me was that they are willing to do what it takes to try and find a way out of this. There's a lot of talk going about the moment about shape. This is the word that you hear all about Celtic. We need to find a shape. We need to find a shape. Shape's not working. Even Neil Lennon addressed it post-match by saying, look, the shape doesn't matter if individual performances aren't, or if you're... Mm. I think he said something along the lines of, the shape doesn't come into it if you've got players making mistakes or something like that, basically putting the emphasis onto it. And initially, that's the sort of thing that would send shivers up my spine. But in this case, I think Neil Lennon's right. Doesn't matter what your shape is. If you've got a defender performing as badly as Shane Duffy is, it doesn't doesn't matter what shape he's in. Now, on the reaction podcast, I'd sort of said, look, this issue with Shane Duffy is he's getting dragged into areas he's not comfortable. But see, the more I think about it, I'm just making excuses for the guy. The guy's a professional mm. defender. What, what more do we need to do to get Shane Duffy to play a ball in a touch? Do we need to get a mime in? Do we need to get somebody in to do pantomime and go, ball, ball, kick, kick, boing, boing, head, head? Is that how simple the instructions need to be for this guy, Melly? If that's what that it takes. A, if, if, I mean, it was abysmal. It was abysmal. Yeah. And he's been abysmal since he walked in the door. Yeah, look, it's not been great by Shane Duffy, but he is a professional player. He has played at a, a good level for most of his career, but he's, he's adapting. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt here, not because I've tipped him for player of the year, but just because I think it's hard for him. He should be doing better, look, but he's coming into a team that plays in a totally different style from the way he's used to it. It's not like that at Brighton, at Brighton he's used let me, to Let me just a... stop you. Let me just, I know you're trying to, I know what you're trying to do, mate, but let's talk about that Aberdeen, that, that goal he gave away. Let's just talk about that. What changed from being at Brighton to Celtic with that? Just put it into touch. Just do the, that's schoolboy stuff. What's changed is Celtic are a team that are on the front foot and attacking teams. So maybe he just thought in that moment, look, I'll try and keep the ball, try and keep recycled play and get us up the park. Whereas he should have just done what he used to do and just put it out of play. It's a simple thing, a simple mistake that he made. He shouldn't have made it, but maybe, I don't know what goes on in the guy's head, but he's maybe just trying to do something he's not. Maybe he's just dropped his standards down a bit because he's thinking he's playing against inferior players which he shouldn't do maybe he's thought I'm better than this guy I'll just do that come away with the ball and we'll go from there we'll I actually think it's the opposite Melly I think it's the opposite I think he's shot the bed coming to Celtic Bright, he came for Brighton they're a small club Celtic are a big club all the fanfare the high pressure game getting dropped into the Glasgow Derby right away the focus on the mistakes the, the, the focus on the Celtic team just now I think Stephen rather than a guy who's lowered these standards I think we've got a guy here who to quote Martin Melly might have caked the bed a wee bit and can't deal with the pressure of playing at a club like Celtic see I if he's playing against harsh. Brighton see, see if he's playing against Brighton and he makes that mistake Stephen that mistake's forgotten about 
a, a week later because Brighton mm, are used maybe. to losing games and you're still drawing games. But at Celtic, I think he's kicked the bed. Well, the reason I would lean away from that theory slightly, and I do understand what you're, what you're saying there, I think it, it makes sense, but the reason I would lean away from it is that he shouldn't really be aware of any pressure just now because there's no fans in the stadium or anything. There's no one really on his back. Yes, he, yes, he will be under pressure to play well, but I think it's... I think it's slightly patronising to clubs like Brighton to say that they don't they don't really care if they give away mistakes around like these these teams are under enormous pressures of their own. Of course, it's not title winning pressures. By millions. Yeah, they're, they're watched by millions of people across the globe, and they need to stay in that league. The, the thing about Shane Duffy is, yes, he's a Premier League defender, but really only about half of his career appearances have been in the Premier League. He's mainly a Championship defender. If we're totally honest about it, he played a lot of his career at Blackburn and. Um, and Yeovil, I think he, he played that on loan as well. So we're not exactly talking about Rio Ferdinand here. See when we say Premier League defender, it's, it's no Ricardo Carvalho. Let's let's just put it there. But you, why has he become so bad overnight though? That's the thing. I refuse to believe he's such a bad player. And it might be a combination of both of your points. But even just look at his last season or so, Brighton, by their nature, I guess you, you say they're a small club. They're up and down, right? They're not expected to win every game, but they're under a lot of pressure to stay in the league. And they've managed to do that with Shane Duffy as part of that. In the last season, he was involved in games where they beat Arsenal, uh, featuring Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Admittedly, he was a sub in that game, but he still trusted to go into that and not completely shit the nest in a manner that we've seen him do against Celtic. So he's, not, he's obviously not that calamitous. He wouldn't be trusted against that. They did a clean sheet and a nothing each draw with Leicester against Jamie Vardy. Uh, they narrowly lost 2-1 away to Spurs against Harry Kane, one of the best strikers around. So why I don't, are no, they I don't so doubt, bad now? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't doubt the guy's talent. I don't doubt that he's got ability. I think that he's been shook, as the kids would say, by coming to Celtic. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and everything that's going on, he's come up to Celtic, he's high profile. It's a high, high-pressure environment just now. It's a high-pressure environment. I bet inside the... In fact, I know... I don't know. I bet inside the training camp it's high pressure uh, Neil Lennon is definitely under pressure I think these are the things Shane Duffy's struggling to deal with I think this is these are the things the whole team's struggling to deal with but this guy in particular I think he maybe just needs to needs some <laughs> I know it's ridiculous to say this because he's just in the door if Nier Bitton was fit I'd be playing Nier the Bitton and give Shane Duffy a week or so out of the team to calm the yeah, fuck down yeah. Yeah, but that's the problem. There's a lot of clamour for him to be dropped. For who? You can't tell me that Stephen Welsh is a better option than him right now. Stephen Welsh, before the game at the weekend, caused more goals than Shane Duffy, in my opinion, against AC Milan and that. And then throwing in a guy at that age and into a team that's not playing well is not fair. The two games that Welsh played against Milan and Rangers, do you think that's done his confidence any good? Probably not. So Shane Duffy's in the same boat. He's had a bad week, a really bad week. I, I think he can. he's going to adjust. We flung him in there and expected him to settle in straight away. It hasn't happened. It would maybe take my wee bit to adjust, but I still think he can do it. See, on your point earlier, Jamie, about the, the shape versus individual mistakes, I yeah, I agree with that as well. But what I would say is that if the defence had an ounce of organisation about it, it would probably cut down on individual mistakes being made because, it, to me, the defence looks like a complete disaster just now. It, I mean, you can just say, you can say, right, we'll play a back three here, we'll play a back four. But to me, it looks like that is all the preparation that's been done on it. There's a back four. Right, you're, you're the right back, you're the left back and you're two centre-halves. It doesn't seem to me like they're working on the organisation of it and what everyone's job is. You can disagree with that, but what I would say to anyone who disagrees with that is, does it matter? Because that's exactly what it looks like. That's what they're playing like, as if they've not had a single instruction given on the training pitch at all, as if they're just turning up in their formation and moving around the pitch. Uh, I understand what you're saying, Stephen, and like, I think Celtic shape could be better in the transition when they lose the ball and where players are meant to be positionally. But having watched the... The Aberdeen goals again, the highlights, I can go through them and it is individual mistakes. I can't really see in all the goals if Celtic had been in better shape how it, how they could have stopped the goals. So in, in the first goal, the ball's on our right-hand side. Jeremy Frimpong's got his man. Behind him is Duffy, who has his man. And behind him is Ayer, who has his man. Now, Duffy's man goes towards the ball, so Duffy goes with him. Ayer's man drops off, so Ayer drops off with him. That's why the space is created in behind, and the ball's played in there by Watkins, and then Cham's runner Ferguson runs off him. That's not anything to do with shape to me, because 
Frimpong has his man, Duffy has his man, Aya has his man, and then the guy runs into space. Now Celtic could have dropped off, but it was right over on the touchline, so Frimpong has to close that down. The space is in there, and Cham has let his man run off him. He's playing catch-up, and Ferguson gets in there acutely. Whether there's a, a lot of contact or not, it looks clumsy from behind because Cham's yeah. clambering over him, so I can see why that one. The second goal is just Duffy. He just has to clear it or get a proper pass back to his defender if he's come in and hasn't had the week he has I think he does that but just maybe a wee bit of, wee bit off there was nothing wrong with the play in between that I don't think uh, Duffy had the ball his man takes it off him and gets in there exposing the defence if he clears that or plays it back to the keeper it's not forgotten about there's no mention of shape and the last goal is the worst one because possibly about shape but more about players being diabolical in the tackle Scott Brown up against Scott Wright tries to do that thing where he pretends he's going to absolutely smash the ball away and the guy puts it through his legs or past him David Turnbull easily brushed past Jeremy Fimpong easily brushed past Shane Duffy again easily brushed past these guys were all in the right positions but didn't get a foot in on the ball and then when it comes to Ayer he drops off his man he, uh, Crossgrove turns and is able to have the shot if Ayer was tighter to him he wouldn't have got it so Ayer's in his right position but not tight enough ball hits the bar comes down well McGregor throws the leg in and it gives away the penalty but I don't really see where shape comes into all three goals for me I think it, it was individual errors and that's why I've got a a wee bit of positivity because if we can cut that out I think we can cut out the silly goals look if you want positivity out of this game right everyone this this thing and I'm, I'm quite glad that this game happened because this season what we've heard is Celtic struggle against teams that are difficult to break down and what I said was well you never hear that after we win a game you never hear oh such and such team set themselves up to be difficult but we managed to win it Aberdeen set themselves up to be extremely difficult to break down and were extremely difficult to break down. They were very compact in their defence. They were very aggressive in the press. We still scored three goals against them. Mm. The goals they scored against us, more or less all gifts. More or less two penalties in that other one. However, when things are not going right for you as the manager, Stephen, you need to find a way to win these games. And Neil Lennon was 3-2 <laughs> yeah. up. So yeah, if you yeah. want to talk about shape and organisation... <laughs> Neil Lennon should be looking at that going, right, I'm 3-2 up. Thank, expletive deleted for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to change the shape now. I've got, this wee, I've got this wee thing in my back pocket. Take it to the corner flag. Just kick it out of the ground. Do whatever I can to win this game. Surely yeah. that's where the manager comes into it. Game management is, uh, is an issue and so is concentration. From whatever everything you've been describing, Melly, there, concentration seems to be a major issue just now and, and certainly in this game. If it's not down to tactics or formation that's leading to lapses in judgment then it, there must be a concentration error or a I, I don't know is, is it fitness to do with these players because to me some of them look a bit off it in terms of fitness as well they, they don't look particularly sharp a yeti just looks like a, a yeti was ripping sweat after about half yeah, an hour yeah. i know that's no indication everyone perspires at different rates but he was ripping <laughs> sweat after half an hour and then he had about four touches sweaty a yeti we're we dubbing him sweaty a yeti <laughs> i'll be in a i'll be in a sweaty <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're throwing a lot at the wall here, but it's because when you see a game that mental, you end up kind of kind of spiraling around looking for answers to it when maybe none exist. But it's it's just it's frustrating after the week we've had co coming off a game like that again. Because I said I sat here last week and I said something like, you know, we need to give Lennon another chance to be, get into this tough run of fixtures coming up and see how he deals with it. I'll admit now, I said that in full confidence that we were going to go out and smash Aberdeen and then we would mm. have a completely different disposition coming back to then because we would have been sitting here going like, see, what were you all worried about? But then we just got a very, very strange and slightly messy performance at Pedodri. So. Is, is that unfair though? Is that unfair for us to look at this Celtic team who are in a bit of disarray, who are really struggling just now and just expect it to turn around in one game against Aberdeen, who are a difficult team to beat? Yeah. Here's what here's what I think's wrong. Here's what I think's wrong with the Celtic team. I think Duffy's out of form. I think he needs to come out of the side. So when Near Bitton's fit and available, I think Near Bitton needs to play. I think Jeremy Frimpong is struggling. I think he's out of form. So I think we need to get Alhamid in there if Alhamid's fit. Yeah. And I think we need to get Odson Edward back on the pitch. And I think those three changes will go a long way to improving things. I think another thing that's wrong with Celtic is the players, and I said this again a couple of weeks ago, and we've been talking about it in this podcast, Ralph, they they seriously lack confidence. 
Now, we'll have the discussion about where that confidence comes from, but they're not trying the difficult thing. They're not shown for the ball when it's... The, there's too many... Take Callum McGregor, for example. He's out there on that left-hand side playing passes like he's still playing with Scott Sinclair mm. and, and Kieran Tierney. He's trying far too hard. He's trying to take the game with the scuff of neck and make it all happen by himself, and I think that's why his performances are so bad. But all these messes, Melly, all over the pitch, all these issues of confidence and selection and shape and game management... You, you can you can explain them all away as much as you like, but the responsibility lies with one person. Yeah, it does. It lies with Neil Lennon. But as you said, if we had uh, Edward back, if we had El Hamid, if we had Beaton, thing is we don't see the game before. If we had Christie in there, if we had so and so, these guys weren't available. We went into the Rangers yeah, game. Yeah, but, but, but hold on a sec. The only reason I'm saying if we have these guys available, the only reason I want Beaton in is because the centre half we brought in Duffy for the Premier League that everyone was cheering about is no good enough. I wouldn't be sitting here saying we need Bitton in if Duffy was doing what he had to do. Yeah, but that, that's the point. But these guys are having a wee dip in form. So if you want to take them out, there's nobody there. They need to play through this form and this is what happens. On Stephen saying about it was a bit of a messy performance, of course you give away three goals. But if you're asking me, taking away the last goal, obviously... Up until that point, until if Scott Brown had it, just done his job and cleared that ball, nothing else has thought that we get that 3 2 win. Do you not think, oh, wait a minute, that's a team that are playing for that manager? They went out, they went a goal down out of nothing, got back to one each, a mistake, they went 2 1 down. Their big centre half makes a mistake. The team get back in the game, get it back to 3 2. They looked like they were rallying around for me, and then in the end, it was a bad goal to give away. It didn't look like a team that had given up for me. They looked gutted at the end of that game. They looked like they were trying to get back in it and they did get in it and the manager and the team deserve a bit of credit for that now they threw it away in the end they had chances to clear it and they didn't take it but from what I've seen the manager changed the formation like everybody was calling for we got players into their better positions we had a better balance because we had players coming back like Christy Rogic giving us something different and creativity and there's something we've cried out for a long time and then so I see shoots of positivity we can take from that What I, what you're saying Jamie about getting these guys back. Of course, we'd love all our players to be available because see if they were, we'd have a great team out there, but we simply don't right now and we haven't for the last few weeks and the results have suffered. Performances haven't been great, but if we had our full team out, Neil Lennon would be able to pick a team with a much better balance. I think that's what we're lacking right now is balancing the team, balancing a bit of confidence and I think we'd go a long way towards getting the results again. I definitely think it's probably confidence, Stephen, more than balance. But Stephen, does it tell you anything that we're sitting around here going, the Neil Lennon maybe has to turn to some of his old stalwarts to, to get him through this patch? You know, the Griffiths, the Bitons, the Rogics, these guys that were, you know, at the beginning of the season, we didn't think would really play any part for Celtic. Now we're looking at these guys going, mm. well, maybe if we get these guys on the pitch, things will turn around. Is that fantasy landers or something in that? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's... It's not the way you, th you imagine things developing. You bring in all these players, that are, a squad assembled at a relative fortune for, for this day and age for, for the Scottish League. They bring all these new new fancy players in and it ends up being the guys for 2015 that you're relying on. <laughs> yeah, um, right. I, that's not the way you imagine things plan, uh, panning out. But, I mean, that, that's what a squad's for at the end of the day. I, I, don't think it's a, I don't think it's a shame. I don't think it's an admission of guilt if you turn to these players and you're out of need and they bail you out because... As much as we've all kind of, to varying degrees, given up on Lee Griffiths in the past, in the very recent past, to be honest, the guy's still got it. The guy's definitely still got it. And he's not, you know, he's had these troubles just now, but he came on and scored an absolutely terrific goal. And that's the second time he's done so recently. I've not got any issues with turning to the, the past to dig us out. It's just, I'd like to see more from, from a few players who are definitely out of form and you've mentioned a couple of them especially guys like Frimpong I would say El Yunusi as well El Yunusi I feel is just continuing a very very disappointing streak of I would say bad form but it's, it's really just he's not imposing himself on games at all to be honest he's not being the, the player that we all know he can be the the player we saw last season who absolutely exploded onto the scene scoring goals and and creating goals I, I just don't know where where that's gone this is where, uh, where I'm talking about balance though El Yunusi People listen know I think he's a really good player, but when he looked at his best last season, he was playing on the left-hand side coming in. Now, El Inoussi hasn't had that opportunity much this season, and we've changed to the back three, and this is the first time he's played with Lax out behind him. So that this is what I'm talking about. We can't just expect one game, go 4-2-3-1, you don't get the result in the end that you want and go, oh, do you know what, maybe we need to change because we haven't had the players available to me. For Celtic to have balance to me, we need to have Lax out going up one side 
alongside Shane Duffy right now I would think ideally you'd have El Hamid a wee bit more defensive minded sitting there beside Duffy and not bombing forward because we've got two fullbacks flying on leaving two centre halves and we don't have a sort of natural holding midfielder to sit there and maybe give them a bit of cover we don't have that with Celtic with the way we play and how we, we dominate in the Scottish League you maybe don't need that sort of player so you have to adapt to maybe have a fullback that sits in but we can't do that because we don't have the bodies right now going further forward El Yunusi in there he comes inside lacks out goes on that looks great but on the other side for the first time in a while we've had Ryan Christie playing out there we've missed James Forrest a bit in my opinion I think he would give us a good another good balance out there and then you can move Christie inside but Christie out there meant Frimpong can go on and it just gives us a better balance but we just need to get the right balance. I think the players are there when all available, but right now they're not available. It's leaving us a wee bit open down the flanks and exposing Duffy, which is something we can negate if we have El Hamid, if maybe Scott Brown was in there or we had a specialist defensive midfielder. But I feel with the squad we've got, if everybody gets back, we've got the players to play in this 4-2-3-1 or a 3-5-2 if we have everybody available. But it's just that we've got absentees right now and it's maybe a mess with the balance in my opinion. You know, I don't want to really go keep going back and forward on this balance thing, but I, what, although I, I appreciate what you said is true, in the back of my head I'm thinking, right, if we know Duffy's getting exposed, there must be something to manage. It, it, we can't just keep... I suppose what I'm saying is I want Celtic to be a bit more calculated about it. What so we seem to be doing is... I, well, what we seem to be doing is running head first into a fence and looking for the weak spots rather than finding a way... <laughs> Rather than finding a way around the fence or over Give the fence, a raptor. Ah, like we're testing the fence like a velociraptor. <laughs> and look, I suppose it, it comes down to you know we know Neil Lennon is under pressure. There's no doubt about that. We we all know the fixture list. We spoke about it. Milan. We'll talk about that. I, I suppose that the podcast will come up to that. Um, but I suppose ultimately it comes down to this: Does this Aberdeen game, Stephen, represent positive progress from what we've seen the last couple of weeks? <laughs> some question um in terms of result absolutely not i mean you can't really say that a 3-3 draw away to aberdeen is better than the it's better than getting beat off rangers of course but it's not really necessarily better than the snatching the one and two nil wins with no shots before the 75th minute and so on that we've seen in weeks prior to the rangers game i don't know if it's progress um not not to not to pop uh, Melly's positive agenda balloon, but uh, what he's saying it absolutely makes sense. Like, see, getting all these players back, we've, we've been saying it as well, bringing players of undisputed quality back into the squad is definitely going to improve a team. But this season has been going for a while now, and we've had these players yeah. before. Where I'm not saying they're bad players, but what we are hoping for is for these players to come back and not be in the same fairly poor form that they were prior to them being unavailable. Forrest hasn't kicked a ball all season and that, you can say we've so we missed you said him. That. Yeah. Yeah. So we, glad you we said missed that. Him. We might miss him in terms of his position and you know we don't have many options out there. Odson Edwards hasn't been good this season as well. And I'm not going to for a second sit here and say he's not a good player because he's the best player in Scotland. But I've seen it suggested elsewhere as well. We're missing Julian, we're missing Kit. But these guys haven't been good is the the reality of it. And as much as I think having them all back will be good will be better for the team I don't know if I necessarily see it being the quite the salve for the the results that that Melly I mean Melly Melly's absolutely I'm not saying he's wrong at all I mean of course not but I just I'm not quite as optimistic on the return of guys like I mean odds on Edward of course so if you've got odds on Edward back of course that, that's great but guys like Forrest and Julian Julian only because it will probably remove Duffy from the team and he, he can't really go on but the rest I'm not I'm not so convinced Melly, does the Aberdeen result represent positive progress for you? Hey, the result, no, but possibly the performance. I think if we had they got the three two, it's another one where you go, oh, well, the players are playing for the manager. Look, I'm with you guys. I think the management and the players could be doing a lot better, but I'm willing to give them a wee bit of the benefit of the doubt, Stephen, saying look, some of these guys have been available. Well, yes, but this is only the the third game since the transfer window shut so there was uncertainty over that there was players coming in on deadline day there was players coming in and out at different times so this is the squad now this is only the third game we've had the squad we, we come back to the Rangers game two, three have got COVID the, the squad's been all over the place it's up to the, the players and the managers to find solutions to that and 
to be honest, the manager hasn't done that. What you're saying, Jamie, is that if we're getting exposed down there, yes, the manager should be able to see that and should be able to do something to try and stop it. But we haven't done that. But I'm just, I'm not ready to go overboard on and say, look, Neil Lennon has to go and all that. I'm willing to give him to for the next uh, international break because there's what, four big games, four big games before that, and it's there's only one league game, so we're not going to be miles behind. But to I wouldn't. I'd be a bit wary about saying sack him now, to be honest. And I think there is shoots of positivity from the performance. Maybe not the result. I think if we stick with a four-two-three-one, get a couple of bodies back, we can stick go with that, or we can go with the three-five-two. Forrest hasn't been great, but he scores goals. We haven't had a lot of goal scorers. If you take Edward Forrest and Christie. Griffiths, that's our four top goal scorers from last season, haven't been available to start all the last few games and a top goal scorer from this season Ayeti, hasn't been available to start all the time, so that's a lot of goals taken out of the team How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Melly touched on it there, Stephen. You know, there's there's no getting away from it. The hot topic just now on Celtic social media and Celtic fans circles everywhere on our Discord is uh, talking about Neil Lennon moving on. Rumours were right today that Neil Lennon left. I didn't really buy into it. Um, but the, the rumours about disharmony in the camp are absolutely rife just now. And it's getting to yeah. the point where there's probably no smoke without fire. Um and I don't have sources from anyone inside the club, but we've been doing this podcast a long time and we do hear things. That's what, that's the nature of it. We've said that on the podcast before. I've heard that things aren't great in the Celtic camp just now. I've heard that there's some players that are quite unhappy with how the transfer window panned out. We, we all know who those players are. I heard there's some players who are, are maybe not bought into Neil Lennon and are losing a wee bit of faith in what Neil Lennon's doing. And those aren't. The necessarily players from Norway or France um, that you might think these guys are, are a bit closer to home 
how far do we let it go? Well, I suppose let's wind it back. Is this talk of moving Neil Lennon on that is out there? So we need to address it in the podcast that is out there. Is it warranted at the moment? I think it was always going to be very, very tense this season. Going into this season, we've built it up in our heads and among the fans for years now. Literally years we've been talking about this 10 in a row season. And, you know, for better or worse, we've built it up to be this thing. Well, I don't mean we are guilty of building it up out of nothing. I mean, it it is a a historic season for many reasons. Mm. And it's not going particularly well. That's the, the... hard facts of it it's not going the way we all thought it was going to be where we were all going to be back in the stadiums and celebrating and just smashing teams left and right Lenny Ball 5-0 6-1 etc that's what we all thought was was going to happen deep down but I don't think it's unwarranted given how the season has played out so far now I'm, I'm careful about my words here I'm not I'm not saying Lennon out I'm not saying hashtag Lennon out just yet what I'm saying is I don't think it is overreacting to have watched what we are now 15 16 games this season including Europe probably where you could really only pinpoint a second half performance against Hibs as having been in any way as good as we we had hoped there was going to be I don't think it is unwarranted really it boils down to whether you personally and I'm speaking you know me in general here yeah yes yes you yes you and you and you and i'm pointing to all the listeners all six <laughs> of them right so uh, it's really down to whether you see neil lennon being able to turn it around and it's not just about this you know slightly shaky but at times as Melly said encouraging at times as i've said slightly messy right it's kind of a, a hodgepodge of both it's not really just about that game it's about what's been building up to to this yeah. and we all said it about the rangers game as well it's been coming it's about whether you can see him turning it around, whether you think that the ideas exist within that coaching squad, yeah, coaching team rather, coaching squad. No one's ever said coaching squad. Never. There, I've, I've just said it there. But the TM coaching, that, trademark that. Yeah, the coaching team, whether they exist, the ideas exist within that coaching team to turn it around. And I'm I'm not that convinced. Um, I think Neil Lennon was the absolute perfect guy to come in and steady the ship when Brendan Rodgers left but I don't think it should ever have been a long-term plan for Celtic, to be honest. I'm I'm not being like a total Harry Hindsight here as well. As much as a weekly podcast is always going to be Harry Hindsight, to be perfectly honest. But it comes a time when every manager's ideas no longer have the impact that they once had at, yeah. at the same club. Yeah. It, it happens everywhere. Every single club with every single manager. You could even take it all the way to the top with Pep Guardiola. You look at the season they're having just now. Is it because his ideas are no longer having the same weight as they once did? We might be at that stage when you're learning. He might not be able to turn this around. I'm not making any judgments either way right now because I, I did say only last week that I was willing to see how this next you know, tough run of fixtures plays out. But I, I now have serious doubts over whether the coaching staff have it within them to fully kickstart this season. Melly, the, the talk's out there. Um, people are already naming their, their preferred replacements for Neil Lennon. It's a difficult thing to do. Talk about, you know, the Celtic manager and a Celtic manager who I personally have got a lot of admiration for. Um, but I, I'm not happy the way this season's going. Do you think it's do you think it's warranted, this talk? Yeah, well, there is, yeah it is warranted. As Stephen said, look, we haven't been playing well. And it's not just one or two games. It's been most of the games this season. The... the the big games this season with Neil Lennon and Celtic have been found wanting and for going from the form we hit from January to this, you're wondering why because it's only really Fraser Foster that's different and he wasn't the guy that made all the difference in those games. Celtic were beating teams easily. So there is there is big questions can, to be asked. I can completely understand why people would want Neil Lennon to go now. I'm not quite there yet. I'm willing to give him another chance to turn it around, as I said before the international break. But I also have my doubts whether they can do it or not. I think the players are there, definitely. I think if we get more bodies back, obviously it'll be better to have more more better players about. But Lennon has got a lot of questions to answer the, these days, and rightly so, I'd say. I think it's a tough, tough time being Celtic and going through this nine in a row. It's probably the toughest time we've had in there, and it's in the biggest season. And there is circumstances behind it. It is very difficult being and having to watch games at home in the season you want to get behind the team. All these things, I think, play a factor in it. But at the end of the day, the games are there to be won on the pitch and Celtic simply aren't doing it. And if that doesn't happen, there's one man that comes down to you and that's Neil Lennon. 
I think it's. I think the talk is definitely warranted. I think the talk about moving Neil Lennon on is uh, that's not just, that's different from saying he should lose his job. What I'm saying is the talk about whether or not you know it, we should be looking at this is definitely warranted. Another thing that I heard today was that it's a conversation that that is probably taking place within inside the club at some level, and, and it's definitely new, something that Neil Lennon is aware of. The the chat I heard was that they're not prepared to let Rangers open up a gap. And what that right, tells okay. to me, what that says to me is that maybe Neil Lennon is two losses and two Rangers wins away from maybe having to walk away. Um, they're not prepared to let Rangers open up a gap. When's the next international break, Melly? Uh, there is four games. So we have Lille, then we have Aberdeen in the Cup, then we play Sparta Prague at home in Europa League, then it's Motherwell away, and then it's international break. So we've only got one league game up to the next international break. A loss in maybe two of those games or a loss and maybe not three wins in those games could see him go to be honest I think you're right I think the national break represents a good opportunity for, for Celtic to assess stuff now look see the stuff we discuss on here I'm not saying that I've got some secret source. I don't have Dermot Desmond's phone number. I'm just saying this is stuff that's passed to us. It's, yeah. I don't want people to think we've got cast iron knowledge here. This is just what we've heard that we are relaying on the podcast. So don't go don't go placing any bets on anything that you hear on this podcast is what I'm trying to say. Don't put your hard-earned cash on it. If you've got um, a tenner you never want to see again, then we know, <laughs> I, I, we know I, I, where to go. Yeah, okay. Um, but what is the problem, Stephen? We're not performing as well as... The, the sum of our parts dictates. Now, you know, <laughs> this is this is a difficult conversation to have, but let's have it. The form Rangers are in just now, the clean sheets they're keeping, that's no, title winning. Team. That's that's title winning form. hundred that's title winning form. That's hundred points form. Uh, as somebody was talking to me today about don't for, forget about it. This conversation that we love to have, right? About Celtics eleven versus Rangers eleven, how many would get in each side? On current form today, it, I think <laughs> The way the Celtic players are performing, it's very, very close. It's very close yeah. to a 50-50 split. Genuinely. Aye, and, it, and it barely matters at this point as well, because if we talk about on paper, then like we we might have the more valuable defenders. We might have a guy who's been linked with AC Milan and, and well, 20 million moves and a guy who actually plays for AC Milan and the Uruguay team. And we may have the better players on paper, but I, I just don't think the organisation is as good at the moment. It's, it's what kind of plays into what I was talking about earlier. I think you're right. I don't know if we can necessarily legislate for individual, like, ludicrous individual errors completely letting us down on seeming to all happen in the space of a couple of games. But the fact is, even if we do have better players than Rangers in these positions, they are not conceding goals. They're barely conceding a goal all season. So there must be something that they're doing that's better in terms of setting up the defence than Celtics. If we all broadly agree that the players at Celtic are better, what we're left with is the fact that they are organising their defence better. That, that just must be the case once you've eliminated them having better players they must have better ideas for it so yeah Rangers are, are playing well and as we ended on last week I hope the plan isn't for them to just collapse in the second half of the season and we'll come roaring into form and overtake them because that's no plan whatsoever that's that's a lack of a plan completely you know for all the talk here right all is not lost if you want to end on a bit of positivity for the Aberdeen chat all is not lost Celtic are three points and a if we win our game in hand behind Rangers here it's there's an awful lot of football left to be played this season so the foundations are in place we've got the players we've got the time we've got the opportunities we've plenty of games against Rangers the foundations are there to turn this around all is not lost I know people think we blew the 10 and all that sort of stuff That that's not happened that has not happened no, certainly not yet and, and from Neil Lennon's point of view he's got time but I think Melly I think that the international break is a, a brilliant opportunity to, to assess things um, and, and look if Neil Lennon does go I would honestly expect it to be someone like Gordon Strachan or, or Martin O'Neill coming in at the end of the season. Jesus Christ. Uh, that's I not mean, going to solve any of the, no. the issues, is it? That's just it, well, it might, like for like. It's, but, it's, but it's no like for like because it's a new voice, new ideas, maybe new levels of professionalism or something that the players can buy into. It, there's, you're not just, you know, I think the situation, I don't know, but I think the situation is at Celtic. Neil Lennon's ideas aren't getting across. They're evidently not working. The players are losing a bit of faith in the manager. The only way to resolve that is either Neil Lennon pulls something out the bag that makes the players go, shit, this guy's got it. This is more like it. We've fixed it. Yeah. You know? Or you just take him out of the equation, bring in someone else with new ideas, and then that guy's ideas get across. And that's the only way to solve it. What I think Celtic need is 
better coaching, to be honest. I think they've got, as I've said, they've got the players there, but I know I said maybe it wasn't the shape, but I, f- I do feel we should have better shape. We should have better ideas. With Brendan Rodgers coming in, it was a guy that came in, had his exact style of play, had a positional sense. If this happens here, you are here, you are here. Everybody knew their exact jobs. I think that's what Celtic need. They need somebody to tell these players because most of the players we have or have had recently are young players who we want to develop and uh, sell on for a lot of money, don't we? That, that's that been our philosophy. But we've lost that recently. Neil Lennon's not a guy that comes in, develops a player and then he gets better. I think we've seen players regress under him because he's not that type of coach. He's more of a manager. What I think we need is a coach. So if you're going to say Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane are coming in, I, I can't. I really can't see where that, what that's going to do to the players. I feel the players are maybe want higher standards but I think they want a higher standard of coaching not a higher standards of you have to do be here in time and all that sort of thing the motivational thing like Martin O'Neill because him and Neil Lennon are very sort of similar managers what we need is a coach to come in and coach these players better to improve them and get better if you you could tell a player exactly what he's meant to do on the pitch if he knows his exact job and it fails at the end of the day it's down to the, the system. Whereas right now with Celtic, the players look all over the place. They look like they don't know what they're doing. So I feel that's the problem that needs solved, not bringing in Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane to motivate the troops because that's meant to be Neil Lennon's main thing and it's clearly not working right now. Gordon Strachan possibly a bit better on the shape, but come on, man. Bring in Pochettino to the end of the season, then bin him and get a right good Selic man in. Sack him <laughs> Honestly, at the end of the season. Uh, you, you could probably forget. Give it God you, at the end of the season. <laughs> you can absolutely forget all the chat about Pochettino and all that. Just that, Allegri. That Ed, Eddie Howe. These guys are not good. I just don't see Eddie Howe coming in halfway through a campaign to mm. to, to pick up the Celtic job. I, I just don't see it. Maybe if you know we brought in a stopgap until next season, then visited someone like Eddie Howe. I, I think that's mm. a more realistic scenario. Um, Peter Grant. Give it, give it granny end of season. Give it granny. Right, a, a slightly new angle on this, right? See if we if we accept, or the, the premise that I set up, I said that maybe Neil Lennon's, and I, I don't want to sound disrespectful, so I'm not going to go down the route of calling him just a blood and well, guts and well, let's get into the manager. But I think we, we mostly agree that Neil Lennon's strengths are in motivation and, you know, things along that line rather than in tactics. If it really has reached the point of diminishing returns with that, can anyone think of any real reasons to keep him? Rather than if we're to- talking about all the reasons to get rid of him, are there any good reasons to actually keep Neil Lennon at this point? If we talk about how the players are all better than Rangers, they're all definitely better than the rest of the league, but we cannot get the best out of them. Melly, you said we need better coaching. So for that reason, is there a solid argument to actually keep Neil Lennon, suppose, because yeah. we're in the middle of this season, right? We're in the middle of the season and we all know how high pressure it is and all that. And it's a gamble to bring someone in. But what comes with that is maybe, and I'm just discussing here, I'm just offering up you know, things for us to talk about, but you also get things like new manager bounce, new ideas coming in that you know galvanise a team. I feel like a bit of a dick talking about Neil Lennon in, in these terms because we're all such fans of him. But at the end of the day, we've got a, a very... I've got a short-term massive goal to achieve and if it involves bringing in a, ma- a better manager then that's absolutely the case. I know people will turn around to me and say name one but look, that's not really a reason to stick with the status quo either. You, you don't just st- stick with a manager because I, a fan, can't name anyone yeah. who, would, who would take it. Do you know what I mean? However, on that though because I would be one of those people that say name one on that though I wouldn't specifically say the reason to stick with Neil Lennon is because name a better manager. The, I, I would frame it as lack of better options because mm. it, it's mid-season you can google out of work managers there's not an awful lot there that you think right they could definitely seal the 10 for us you then you would start looking at guys closer to home that you could probably cherry pick from the scottish league or someone that i, I think it needs to be a very very easy transition for someone coming in mid-season so someone that knows the club i know that phrase is ridiculous to a lot of people but they do need to understand what's at stake this season they need to understand the league and the challenges that this league pose so then you're are you looking at jack ross you, I, it's, I hmm. are you not better maybe bringing somebody in who doesn't understand no you could possibly look, take that risk mate i don't think you could take that not? risk at all See if, look at the managers that have came in at celtic vim jansen didn't have a clue about the league and won the league. Martin O'Neill had never played in Scotland. Came in, won the league. Brendan Rodgers. Martin O'Neill knew the club. Won the league. Ma- Ma- I knew on. who the club were. He yeah. maybe supported so them. So the Shane Duffy. 
Ah, you so aye. What difference does it make? <laughs> if you grow up in a football environment, you'll check the Celtic score after your game. You're not at Celtic games. You're maybe just seeing highlights if, if you're lucky because when you're playing, Celtic are playing. So I don't think that really matters having to know the club or know the hanging. I think the reason we're in the mess is because we've got a manager that knows these things and he's no, not... No, he's I, no, we've got a manager. And I think the reason we're in this mess is because, hypothetically speaking, the reason we're in this, quote, mess is because we have a manager who, quote, only knows the club. He doesn't know how to coach. He only knows the club. But what I'm saying is what you really want to try and get is both. It's just, I just think there's far too much at stake. I, I do. I think there's far too much at stake. So I don't think, I'm not sure a manager is out there that would come and take this on mid-season unless you're going to go out and do the Brendan Rodgers thing again and go to someone like Pochettino mm. and go, here's £5 million for nine, month, for nine months' work. Dermot Desmond's got the money. Unless that's the pr- approach you're willing to take, I just think it's a huge risk. There must be something between Neil Lennon and Mauricio Pochettino, though. I, 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 there must be <laughs> something. <laughs> this can't Sam be the Allardyce? only option. Is that, is that? Uh, well, <laughs> see, on Sam Allardyce, right, I've, I've always maintained that, and I'm not for a second, before I even continue with this sentence, I'm not suggesting Sam Allardyce was Celtic, but what I'm talking about with, with Neil Lennon is that with Sam Allardyce, I always kind of bristle a wee bit when people talk about Sam Allardyce as a bad manager. He's not a bad manager. What he is, is a manager for a specific task. See if you need to keep a team in the English Premier League, and not maybe not now, like five or six years ago, if you need to keep a team in the league and establish himself, steady the ship and all that, you don't go to like a Pep Guardiola who has like a long-term plan and a long-term vision and, and a style of football he wants to implement. You probably go and get yourself a Sam Allardyce or a David Moyes or something like that. And the reason I talk about this is because I firmly believe that Neil Lennon was absolutely the best man to bring in to you know steady the ship. I, I hate that term. I, I, we often joke about it, but so honey in it. I know. <laughs> I bring in Watty, but yeah, I by the way, they brought in Walter the and he won three titles in a row. We, oh, well, we laugh at that, but they brought Walter back yeah. and he won three titles in a row. So <laughs> yeah, spending Nado was it Nado three in a row or something <laughs> like that? They, they, they just made up that they spent no money, I, even though they spent millions and millions I, of pounds. Yeah, I remember those days so fondly. Um, but yeah, what I mean is Neil Lennon was the right guy to bring in because he was able to to right the, the wrongs, that the to carry us over the line in that. But I just don't think Neil Lennon was ever going to be a long-term the solution to this. And I think there should have been a better plan in place. I think Neil Lennon should have been given that season to win that league, given the next season as well. But there, there should have been a better plan in place for me. I just, I think we're probably seeing... It's Harry Hindsight bruit- again, but is it not? It is, but I think it's hindsight and it's foresight as well For because look at how we all reacted when Neil Lennon was offered the permanent job in the first place with the, the shower gate and all that. It was for a reason. It wasn't just being needlessly negative. It was because we all deep down kind of saw this coming. And we've gone from having a... A top-class manager in Brendan Rodgers and all the professionalism and all the things that permeate the club that that brings to none of that, really. And and I know I'm being really harsh, but really, this is what you get. You get what you pay for, figuratively. I know I'm not talking about anyone's salary here. I just I know it's very difficult to maintain having a, a manager who's probably beyond your resources all the time, like, like Brendan Rodgers was, but I just I worry that we're now in a, in a position where we're not going to be able to get another elite manager in see if it got to obviously no the season was curtailed last year but you cannot sack a manager after winning a league winning a cup and being in the semi-final and on course to win a, another treble if Celtic had to get rid of Neil Lennon what does that say how do you how do you better no, that he done never. very well in the Europa League it, it just wouldn't happen no but uh, and it's a comparison I made last week but like Man United at some point should have found a, a way to cut ties with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and every time they go to do it he gets a positive result or does something good that I, I know it's very difficult I know that I don't know if I would have found a good time to and I'm not even ta- talking about sacking Neil Lennon either I'm not talking about just booting him uh, but there, there should probably should have been an agreement at some point when he came back that this is going to be like an 18 month gig are we just taking this to black and white are we just looking at lost game should lose job win game should keep job because see if you transport yourself mentally, transport yourself inside Lennox Town, there's obviously an attitude, there's obviously a prevailing wind, you know, the board will be aware of it, the manager will be aware of, aware of it, if there's disharmony in the camp, if Neil Lennon's walking about looking like a shadow of himself and the players are not really listening and they're, they're complaining at training, they're saying, look boss, this isn't working, this guy's not working, this isn't working, every time I look up to pass the ball to him, he's not there. All of this feeds into the decision-making process. 
I suppose so that's the case that he should go then the yeah. board should sack him because see if the players aren't doing it because I think if a good manager comes in here with these players you'd be absolutely flying you'd be delighted to inherit that squad yeah. great players all over the pitch can play different formations if it, if what you're saying is the case Jamie the board should have no, no, made the I'm decision not, I'm not now. saying that's the case what I'm saying is I'm saying that's the more likely scenario that he would end up losing his job that's the more likely scenario that would end up losing his job my problem is just to put a pin in this chat that we, we said we probably weren't going to have but we had it anyway is I don't trust the guys that make the decisions that's the problem yeah. I don't trust the guys that make the decisions I don't trust the guy that hired Tony Mowbray Ronnie Dyla hired this Neil Lennon who Brendan Rodgers fell in his lap I, I don't I don't trust the, the, the process to bring us in another manager and, and that's ultimately what it comes down to for me but I think on Neil Lennon remember we spoke about the back in the Ronnie Dyla days Stephen we said that losing that cup match to Rangers that cup game to Rangers would be an extinction level event if that happened yeah. Ronnie had to go the backroom staff had to go and a lot of the players had to go right obviously we don't need an extinction level event here because the players are plenty good enough but what is your red line what is your red line what is it what point you say he, he has to go now well a lot of people have been saying like if they take a tanking off Lille then that's the time to go but I, I don't go into that because I think that's a bit of a rigged game to be to be perfectly honest in terms of like setting up Neil Lennon because I think Lille will fairly handily beat Celtic anyway to, to be perfectly honest I'm, I'm just being realistic about that they're a very good team uh, to quote Ace Ventura too they're much better fighter than you so um, <laughs> they, they, there's a fair chance Celtic will lose I mean, I'm, I don't want to be defeatist about it. I'm just purely going on the, you know, Lille are the big favourites for the game. So I, I think that would be desperately unfair to say you either beat Lille, who you're probably huge underdogs going up against, or you lose your job. I think that's unfair. The red line, I think, would be that, I think if it lost to Aberdeen, I think if it lost to Aberdeen, it would be very cup. difficult to make a case. Well, even at the on Sunday there, Sunday past, oh, right, okay. I think if they'd lost to Aberdeen, it would be very difficult to make a case for that because that would have been the first time Celtic have lost three times in a row in 26 years or something. I think it was 1994 or something. Yeah. But if Aberdeen beat Celtic in the cup, then how do you make a case for that? I'm, again, I'm just putting putting myself in the, the shoes of myself talking about this in a week's time or, or whenever. <laughs> self, but, you know, yeah, you're, you're <laughs> putting myself in my own shoes in the future. Um, how do you make a case for so the manager staying? So you're saying one more loss before the national break that goes, what, he's got one more loss? Depends except, on the loss. Except um, for Leo. Except for Leo. Yeah, uh, except for Leo. One more loss to a team... Well, one, one more domestic loss. loss. One more yeah, domestic yeah. One, loss. One domestic loss to a team that Celtic should be handily beating or one more set of drop points in this current run of unease, uh, I think would, would probably be enough. And, and look, I, this is a difficult conversation to have because I don't think any of us really want to talk about this. It's impossible to please everyone because there will be equal parts people listening to this thinking, oh, I can't believe they're talking about sacking the manager. Of, well, I don't want it. Just these. for the record, Stephen, while you're talking about that, just to jump in, I don't want to sack Neil Lennon. I want Neil Lennon to no, be no, because no, yeah. I love the guy. I love the guy. Yeah. And I want him to be a successful Celtic manager, and I want it has him to, to be addressed. In but, yeah, it has to be addressed, of course. And but as I say, there will be people listening to this th thinking, "I can't believe they're even talking about this." Get behind the man after all he's given for this club. But there'll be people saying why he's getting behind the man as well. Yes, <laughs> that, that's exactly what I was about to say. Honestly, be believe us. Make no mistake, there will be people listening to this thinking, "You've passed the buck here. You've mealy mouthed your way through this podcast." When really you should have said Lennon must go. There will be people listening yeah. who firmly believe that, that. And I'm not going to argue. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with either one of those camps to be perfectly honest I just we're not deliberately fence sitting here but we're, we find ourselves in a very difficult position Melly what's your red line? A, a domestic loss either Aberdeen or Motherwell before this international break and I think that's it for me but I still feel the team and Lennon can turn it around Stephen you mentioned it next game's against Lyon the Europa League there's no let up in these games for Neil Lennon very very difficult ties as we've already spoken about kicked off our campaign there against AC Milan first question up before we talk about the AC Milan game very briefly is do you care about the Europa League at the moment? Yes you do? Uh, yeah that's, it's, a, it's a good question because a lot of people are keen to just uh, I think a lot of people just see it as a distraction now and keen to just you know, get it over with and, and whatever and concentrate on the 10 just because of how things are going right I, I totally get that but Europe should always be within the the goals of Celtic every season, regardless of whether it's the you know all this stuff built up about the ten and all that. But you cannot just park it to one side and take your eye off the ball because of we've as we've been over in the past, 
the minute you stop being a European team is the minute you stop being able to sign any kind of decent players whatsoever, right? If you if you start considering Europe in terms of, you know, it's just a bonus, prospective signings for Celtic won't understand that you don't care about Europe just for this one season because 10 in a row and all that. You, you can't run it, things like that. That's, that's, that's just not the way to approach it. So trying to get positive results in Europe will eventually lead to a better mentality within the squad if you go out there and get a, let's say you, you get a, a win against Leo I can't see it just now because a of draw. how Celtic are playing or a, yeah exactly or a draw then who's to say that won't positively affect the squad going forward so yes is is the answer to that I think you always have to include Europe in your plans in a big way I don't think you can ever just treat it as a as a nuisance or a, a distraction or anything like that. It, it plays into the wider picture of Celtic. Yeah, I'm the exact same as Stephen. Europe's massive for me. Uh, growing up as a Celtic fan, most of, a lot of the great memories I have are of European nights. And as soon as you say to players, look, we're just going to park Europe. Do you think they're going to, even prospective players coming in, do you think the current players that are there are going to be like that? Oh, that's fine. We'll just <laughs> miss out on playing in the biggest challenge of my season so we can win this league. doesn't work like that. You go, you're Celtic, you need to win the next game and the next game's Leo so we go in there and look European games we've seen it last year it probably kick-started our season after the Cluj debacle we got back on track in the Europa League and what a campaign that was it was absolutely brilliant yeah. if we go to Lille and get a result it could kick-start the season I know we've had a lot of false hope with that sort of thing but the Milan game I saw shoots of positivity when we changed to the 4-2 the 4-3-3 then the 4-2-3-1 we got Rogic back in there I thought there was some decent bits in that we were just in the end beaten by a better team in my opinion Laxalt had a had a good game against his his uh, yeah. parent club Yeah, I thought Ayer was, was very good although the performance I had felt a little bit like, oh, just want to be signed by this Milan. Pathetic, hot. absolutely <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> oh, sign me! Uh, but, but uh, broadly, I think I think they were better in the game, and I don't want to come across like I'm celebrating a, a fairly comprehensive result, uh, comprehensive defeat here. But they they were better than they were against Rangers. Obviously, we we speak about this after the, the Aberdeen game that took place before it, but. Coming off the Rangers game, all I wanted to see was a little bit of a more positive performance and I think didn't get exactly what I was after, but enough to suggest that, you know, all is not lost. Do you think the Aberdeen result will put to bed the old, oh, it's all Barkas's fault we're uh, conceding goals because Scott <laughs> Bain had Hunter's attempts to save things and he didn't. Honestly, <laughs> uh, probably the person I feel the most sorry for from the scatter gun is Barkas. Um, I, I <laughs> yeah. don't think there's an awful lot he could have done about many of the goals that have been conceded especially if attackers are getting free headers in the six yard box to stick things in the back of the net I, I sort of uh, have a degree of sympathy for Barkas so looking forward to Lille and obviously Celtic have got the big cup semi-final against Aberdeen we will be doing full coverage of these games on Patreon as I discussed at the top of the show patreon.com slash 20 minute times when I say full coverage I mean we're doing a live preview show we do a reaction podcast we do an opposition and focus blog we have had Lille scouted that podcast will be out ahead of the game a special scouting report on Lille you can check all the information out at patreon.com slash 20 minute times and if you've been listening to this podcast for a while and you've not signed up to Patreon yet now's as good a time as any to give it a try so let's end on a bit of positivity here Stephen We've been doing a competition every week. All you need to do is log on to Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict and leave us a five-star review. We pick our favourite review and send you a gold badge. Now, what is the key, Stephen, to entering this competition that many people forget, but you <laughs> must do? Oh, you absolutely must include, if not your Twitter name, then some way of us being able to contact you because Except your home address. we won't be able don't. to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, phone numbers will be accepted as well, of course. But no, uh, you must include some way of us being able to contact you. But um, thank you to everyone who has entered in the last week or so. Jamie, you put the a call to arms out yes. last week and you said that you would be granting four winners. That's what I said. So many, so many put in this week is... We'll be in touch with them. I'm not going to read them all out because a lot of them are lengthy and very funny and full of office gags. And you know that that gets us. That will always catch our attention. For example, Benedict Belly started his with, these guys don't do shitty pods. If a good man comes to me and says, thank you, Ben, for the opportunity and continued support in the podcast recommendation arena, but I've done that. I want to better myself. I want to move on. Then I can make that dream come true, aka for you. A good podcast is a good podcast forever. 
So Benedict Belly is a is a winner. We'll be in touch. We've got others others as well. We'll be in touch. We've got a couple of others that we'll we'll send you a wee DM over Twitter. But I wanted to end on this one because this deserves to be read out as well. And this one definitely wins. And it's from Nick Muzz23. I'm giving this podcast five stars despite one of their contributors patching me on a dating app, so that just shows how good it is. <laughs> <laughs> was wasn't me. So there you go. Just was 20 minute me. ghost cast. Uh, uh, we'll be with you next week. Before we get into any bother there, none of us uh, have ghosted any women on dating apps, but I have a sneaking suspicion. I know who it might be. And on that, <laughs> and on that Tom shell, we shall end. <laughs> I just want to say thank you so much for you guys for sticking with us. Thanks to everyone that supports us on Patreon. Stephen, would you like to sign off? Yes, uh, thanks for thanks for being with us this week, folks. It's been a difficult one, but uh, we'll hopefully be more positive next week. Melly, stay positive and test negative, folks. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> We've saved all our best material for the last 10 seconds of the podcast. I know, God. And on that, thanks for listening. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.